You're listening to DraftKings Network. Guys, I got a question, man. Who's the bigger liar, Dwayne Wade or LeBron James? Oh, man. Oh, man. These two seem to be competing hard, hard for the title of who can tell the biggest lie about everything that's happening in the NBA. Knowing you love LeBron from such lies as I knew Kobe was going to have 81. (laughs) We did a whole episode back in March about his dream, quote unquote, where he shot the shit with Michael Jordan after the North Carolina Duke championship game. And I know a lot of people like, I mean, it's clearly LeBron. (laughs) He had a big lead. We'll say that. Yeah. And every time he picks up a book, he adds to that lead. (laughs) But let me tell you guys something, man. Dark Horse, Dwayne Wade. D-Wade, man. (laughs) This Dwayne Wade dude is out of control. Can you explain to me what... Dwayne Wade is running around. He goes on different podcasts, player-hosted podcasts. Mm. And then in an effort to butter them up, how would you describe it, Tom? Yeah, you grease my... It's like seeing seeing maybe your 10th favorite musician in the wild. Oh, man, you're my favorite as a kid. I love you. Can I get a a selfie? You know, that type of thing. So he goes on these podcasts that are hosted by other players, players that were his contemporaries, and he tells them, you guys are the reason why we created the Big Three in Miami. Basically, the impetus behind what we're doing now started when we saw you guys do X, Y, Z. It was a really heartfelt thing. Is this the I'm just trying to get like you tour that he's doing right now? Yes, this is absolutely the I'm just trying to get like you. Let's hear him with Kevin Garnett. Y'all was the sole reasons that we got together. We can't compete with Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen, and Rondo. We got to get that toughness. We got to get that togetherness. If we don't get that, we don't beat them. Right. When we met y'all in the playoffs, we feel like we're prepared and we're ready. Okay, so that that makes a lot of sense. Like the big three in Boston got together 2008. They won a shit ton of games. What, 67, 66 wins and then won the title. Right. And the Celtics were the ones that dispatched LeBron in the playoffs that year before. Sure. It makes a lot of sense that D Wade and LeBron would link up because of them. LeBron had even previously echoed this sentiment after beating them in the playoffs. It's a great team. Like I said, I got the utmost respect for that team. They're the reason why all three of us came together. It's because of what they did, that blueprint they had. But then then he went on Tony Parker's pocket, which I don't know. Did you guys know that Tony Parker had a show? I didn't. Now I do. It's great marketing. His first ever TV show. <laughs> it's on something called <laughs> Squeak, I believe. It's spelled S-K-W-E-E-K, but I read it as Squeak because... <laughs> I have the radio on in the car a lot. Keek to squeak. Wait, is that French squeak? Like that spelling maze? It might be French slang. Is it? But I don't, it's not a real French word. It's not a French word, but I'm thinking, are they trying to spell the word squeak? But because, no, that doesn't make sense because Q-U makes the quoi. Yeah, isn't that French? Yeah, it makes that sense. Like quoi. It's almost like they're Americanizing squeak. It's got to be a French slang thing because there was a video game in 1989 called squeak. Same spelling. Was it a basketball game? It's a puzzle game. No. 
Squeak. So Squeak is a streaming service, right? Wait, hold on. Is the name of the show Squeak or is the name of the service Squeak? The network is Squeak. The network, it's like Fubo TV. But it's called The Squeak Show. The intro says The Squeak Show by Tony Parker. Bienvenue dans The Squeak Show by Tony Parker. Right, it's as if the Gilbert Arenas podcast was called Underdogs Podcast by Gilbert Arenas. They're basically sponsoring the name of the show. Should we be called The Metal Arc Podcast by Basketball Illuminati? Yeah, that would be it. It really makes a lot of sense because this is marketing. We just spent five minutes talking about Squeak. Squeak! And now everybody listening is going to know that Sexy Red has a podcast. What Tony Parker's show is on. Okay. The agency took Squeaky Sneakers as a starting point, using it as the impetus for the streaming service's name mm. and their guiding philosophy for the energy of the brand. Is this a streaming service devoted to just basketball? Yeah. It's Eurobasket in France. Is it like if the Reebok pumps were developed into a streaming service? I think Fubo is the right comparison because Fubo kind of sounds like football. Squeak kind of looks like squeak for us by other people. <laughs> but anyways, Tony's sitting there with Dirk, Pow, Dwayne Wade, and of course, the other member of their Hall of Fame class in Springfield, Thierry Henry. Hall of Famer, dude. Oh, don't forget about the other dude, Matt Pacora, who's the French musician, apparently. Hey, they were all there. And then Dwayne Wade told him that it was Matt Pacora's album <laughs> yeah. that inspired. He went around the room. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's listen to Dwayne. I remember so, cutting my TV off soon as you, Kobe ran and grabbed that ball. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> LeBron. All right, LeBron. Especially <laughs> losing, <laughs> losing against them before. <laughs> I cut the TV off, but I watched that shit and I watched Kobe run and grab the ball and celebrate. I was like, so what you gonna do? That was our summer free agency. Like, they had just, they were dominating. Like Kobe was winning all these rings. I was like, wait, hold on. Now he got five and we got one? Like, no. So yeah, man, it, that, that was a... It's, it's, it's great how he changed the league. How he created. Yeah. yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> We're proud of that. Yeah. Somewhere in the world, Kevin Garnett is watching and he's like, it too, Dwayne. <laughs> really hurt, single tear rolling down his cheek. You used me. Well, I mean, isn't this a dangerous game here to give credit to Pow and Kobe when Tony Parker and Dirk are right there? Aren't you kind of burning that bridge or is he just gonna wait a couple days and then hit them with that lie later a couple days i think on the way out he pulls him aside <laughs> say hey i know i said that is this like mikey and swingers when do you call it's like two days you wait two days to go on the other person's pod no it's actually seven two days too close no 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 right on the way out the door little squeak behind the scenes yeah catches Dwayne Wade <laughs> hey man I just want to let you know like yeah I know I said that I didn't really mean it here's the crazy part it doesn't even make sense it's like Kobe had three rings, and then he won a fourth and a fifth. And at that point, Dwayne Wade said, enough is enough. Enough is enough. How many more? How many more, LeBron? How many rings? And LeBron said, oh, I guess. You know, I was holding out hope that I could catch up, but now I don't know. And that's when it all started. Why do they got to lie, man? I just don't get why. Maze, do you know if Dwayne Wade has been on JJ Reddick's podcast? The old man in the flash? No, I don't know if he's been on that yet, but where was JJ around this time? JJ was on the 09 and 010 Magic with Dwight Howard, Stan Van Gunny, Richard Lewis, Hito Turkoglu. He was on that team. And I wonder if Dwayne Wade went on old man in the three, he would say the same thing. Hey man, 
we had to go through Dwight and you guys. Man, you guys were number one seed a couple years there. You're the sole reason we got together. I called up CB. I called up LeBron, and you're the sole reason. 100%. It's reasonable. No, no. Look, hey, man. Dwight and JJ Reddick stopped LeBron from getting back to the finals. That's totally reasonable. On top of that, I would like to also submit that when he goes on all the smoke, he can tell... Matt Barnes, Steven Jackson, you know, with Barron and the rest of those guys out in Golden State, you know, you guys really had this thing together that we believe thing inspired us because we wanted to believe in something too. And so I told LeBron, that's the sole reason right there. Mm. I want that kind of brotherhood on my team. So Chris, LeBron, let's go. And that's why they formed it because of the we believe. The other element there, I mean, Dirk's revenge. Dwayne Wade and LeBron knew that Dirk would be so mad about losing to the we believe warriors that they had to form a super team in order to take down the 2011 Dirk-led Mavericks. That would really be pushing his lying ability. I don't know. Because turned out that Dirk believed. Not necessarily. Does J.J. Barea have a podcast? If J.J. Barea has a podcast, and he could go on that podcast and say, I should have. What if he went on Old Man in the Three and mixed up J.J. with J.J.? Ah, Gave him credit where credit was not due. Wait, J.J. Barea has been on J.J. Reddick's podcast. J.J. and J.J.? J.J. and J.J. Together? Quad J's. Four J. A lot of J's. Dwayne Wade went on Tony Parker's podcast. It didn't say, hey, Tony, mm -hmm. you guys were the reason why we had to join up. We just had to compete with your big three. You could have. Could have. Decided not to. They won four? Thierry Henry. I don't know what he would say to Thierry Henry and his podcast if he has one. When you were scoring goals for Arsenal... Yeah. I knew that we needed to go get LeBron, so I made the call. Actually, when you won the 1998 World Cup, mm, yeah, I know I was still in high school, but I picked up the phone mm -hmm. and I called a middle school LeBron and said, hey, yeah, we need to do this. We need to get together one day with this other guy named Chris Bosch, who's also in middle school. He's in Texas. Don't worry about it. And we've got a Alela Blue, you know, except our own version, which is Rojo. Oh, I got the one that beats all of those. What's that? He's going on Jeff Teague's podcast. Okay. And saying, I watched you at Wake Forest and knew mm. that the Atlanta Hawks were building something. Yep. That'd be the biggest lie of all to say that he is watching Wake Forest games. <laughs> they were good. <laughs> they were good. About? They were number one in the country. <laughs> Jeff Teague was a rookie in 2009, 2010 with the Hawks. So that would make sense that he's seeing Eastern Conference, that they're the next big thing. Josh Smith, Joe Johnson, is Al Horford on that team? No, see, this is what happened. He saw Jeff Teague and he saw the beginning, the very kernels of something very special. So they started to build a super weapon, unbeknownst to anybody. Yeah. Started building around this planet called Geonosis. Oh, I was going to go Oppenheimer, I mean. Oh. You know, Oppenheimer built the super weapon oh. and then didn't end up using it on the intended target. Yeah, well, I went with the Death Star. But here's the problem. Before they had a chance to really unleash this thing like full scale to destroy the massive targets, they were upended by an incursion internally and LeBron left and the whole empire fell apart. But then LeBron rebuilt it as Starkiller base and destroyed the Atlanta Hawks in 2016. So all's well that ends well. June 24th, 2010, certain player gets drafted. Okay. July 10th, 2010, LeBron takes his talents to South Beach. Coincidence? I think not. Dwayne Wade will go on Podcast P wow. with PG-13 himself and tell him that as soon as 
Paul George got drafted to the Indiana Pacers. Dwayne Wade said, we need LeBron in here now. Before it's too late. There's a new threat coming. And it was because of you, Paul George. Mm. And then Paul George does another kind of good version of a means impressions. Mike Dunleavy's on that team. Roy Hibbert's on that team. Tyler Hansbrough's on that team. Josh McRoberts, Dante Jones. Yeah, he's looking at that Indiana Pacers team and seeing what's coming. Lance Stevenson hasn't arrived yet. No, he's in that same draft. He was in 2010 as well. So he saw Lance as well. Yeah. He saw it all. You know what I can't wait for? Draymond Green to steal this bit in about a decade. <laughs> Forget that he called him from the parking lot after the finals when he saw insert NBA player with a future podcast here. That became the sole reason that he called Kevin Durant. My assignment, uncover why the association inspires more conspiracy theories in volume and salience than any other U.S. sport. You've heard of the Illuminati. The truth is out there. But so are lies. Your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. The NBA has always been controlled by about eight people. Denial is the most predictable of all human responses. If you're only using 10% of your brain, you don't even know that you're using 10% of your brain. The NBA Illuminati. If coincidences are just coincidences, why do they feel so contrived? The Illuminati. But you start to follow the money, and you don't know where the f*** is going to take you. It is unspoken. They have influence among other players. The NBA I don't have time for your convenient ignorance. Maybe I'm a conspiracist now as well. That's but all it took. Oh, we got books, we got schools. You saw a video on YouTube. <laughs> Why am I, sir? You've never used them before. We are the basketball Basketball Illuminati. I am Tom Haberstro, and as always, I am joined by the five-star Lumen Army generals, Mino Hassan and producer Anthony Mays, the co-presidents of the Illumination. Fellas, it is still September, and we are not going to go through September transactions like we did last week. We already did that. We're going to do something else. It is GM survey time, and I believe there's some truths that are going to be spoken later in this episode. We're going to get to that, but first... Are listening to the agenda with Tom Haberstro and Amin El Hassan. McGruber <laughs> can't say Rodney McGruder without thinking of the McGruber theme. Yeah, do you think he likes that? I think he probably had no idea what it was, and then someone explained it to him. And then he went and watched it, and then he was like, "Hell no!" <laughs> Can he please not do that again? I'm sure people come up to him and just like, "You're the McGruber guy." No, it's McGruder. Thank you very much. In any event. He is now signed by the Golden State Warriors to a training camp deal. He's going to fight for his spot in the lineup. And I use that word fight to survive with all of the pun intended because (laughs) sorry, I apologize. Continue. (laughs) You don't apologize. That's not sincere. (laughs) Draymond Green hates this dude. The Warriors hate this dude. Like of all the people that the Warriors could bring into training camp, wait a minute. They just brought in Chris Paul. 
What is Mike Dunleavy Jr. doing? What is he doing? I don't know. He got enemy number one, Chris Paul. Enemy number two in Rodney Magruder. Who else is he going to bring in here? Well, he tried to bring in Dwight Howard, but that apparently didn't work. Dwight came in for the workout, and then they ultimately passed on him. Not hateable enough. Even though apparently Dwight was told by Draymond and some of the other vets that they really wanted someone like him in the locker room, to which afterward when it was reported, Draymond said, one day, one day, not everything will be leaked. One day. And I said, Draymond, I heard you, man. But also, you the mouth of the South, man. How can you start talking about hoping things don't get leaked? Come on, man. <laughs> what are we doing here? Wasn't that just a drive-by on the Jordan Poole tape? Not what he's talking about? Oh, wow, yeah. I mean, I think he's talking about everything. The idea that nothing is sacred, nothing is secret. One day I can punch my teammates in practice and it won't get out. But this is the dude who does a podcast from the locker room. He's making a media business out of talking in front of a mic about your team. Revealing. Yeah. By his own team. This is the whole idea. Especially saying things like, oh, and then Steph really struggles when this happens. What are you doing, man? <laughs> and I feel like the Obama GIF, you know, like, what are you doing? Who's this guy? Rodney Magruder, for those who don't know, he got in a fight with the Warriors during the bubble season, but it was weird. It was Wayne Ellington got in a fight with Juan Toscano Anderson. Mm -hmm. And then Rodney Magruder heard about what Juan said, went over to go talk to the Warriors and listen to what <laughs> I forgot about this. Listen to what Clay Thompson said, who was injured and doing the play-by-play -play with NBC sports. Rodney Magruder. Oh no, this dude might be out the league soon. He's probably mad about that. Who knows? Wow. Shots fired. <laughs> He's over here checking my guy. You good? Everybody seems to be okay, yeah, and everybody's going to their respective locker rooms there. But yeah, I don't know. Oh, so that will that will end it right there. But That's savage. Five over here trying to start something like he's a good player or something. It's like, bro, get out of here. You might be sorry. All right, we're done. Easy, we're done. That's vicious, man. And here's what Draymond Green said after that game. Draymond, what happened at the end there with Magruder? I don't know. I was in the locker room. Uh, but uh, apparently he was um, taking up for Wayne Ellington. When did Roddy Magruder become the tough guy of the team? Like, I don't know, man. Everybody in the league tough these days. It's crazy. I've seen a lot of tough guys this year. I don't understand it. And, and, and don't nobody do anything. So... Like, if you really wanted to do something, you could have done it. Walk over there talking shit like he's a team tough guy. the hell out of here. And tough guy, Rodney. Rodney. And tough guy. But I know ain't nobody scared of no damn Rodney Magruder. You know who was, unfortunately, a casualty of this Rodney Magruder signing is none other then Juan Toscano Anderson. Yeah. Who had a deleted tweet. Wow. Showing disdain. For the acquisition. Well, Scott Anderson is the local guy. You guys got to remember that. Yeah. This is the dude that is from Oakland. He went to like Oakland Tech or whatever. Matter of fact, Zach Harper and I used to do a bit the year the Warriors were really bad. People were saying, oh, I thought you guys said Steph was amazing. Why isn't he making the win? It's like, because he's playing with his brother-in-law, the kid that went to high school down the road, Mulder, Scully from X-Files, <laughs> the ridiculous lack of talent that he played with. And obviously, Juan goes on to win a title for his hometown and then supposed to go live out his dreams in La La Land. And that didn't quite work out. And so this is like, oh, maybe I can come home. And 
No, you can't. It could have been his training camp deal, Tom. That's the gist. Yeah. They chose the enemy Rodney over him. So his reaction was, wow, four dots. LOL. Deleted it. Whoa. To be deleted means someone said, what are you doing? And he said, I could have been talking about anything. Maybe he had another training camp spot. Yeah, he could have been talking about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Could have been anything. This is why I love Anthony Slater. He had an article about Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole and Draymond and Steve Kerr extensions. I'd love to believe that Slater did this on purpose. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But as we know on this show, there's a lot of code in the NBA. Always. And I think that Slater is doing this on purpose. He writes, the introduction of the second apron has made everything a little trickier. Beginning the following summer, if the Warriors are still into that second level of the tax bracket where they currently live, they'll be hit with a handful more punitive penalties. <laughs> oh, more punitive penalties. Hit with a handful? <laughs> More punishing punishments. <laughs> Some good alliteration from Slater right there. Maybe that's what he was trying to work in. More sick sicknesses. Severe sanctions coming their way. And then later I'm like, all right, maybe that was a coincidence. There are no mistakes, no coincidences. Later on, the next paragraph, he says, that's been viewed as a no-go for the Warriors internally. They're remodeling their roster with the intention of ducking, mm -hmm. ducking the second apron next summer and maintaining flexibility. Later, he says, an alternate path to duck under the second apron would have been to let Thompson's contract expire and allow him to walk, but they've been firm in their intent to eventually extend him. And Thompson has remained a desire to return. Everything comes back to the Jordan pool punch. Anthony Slater. I see you. And I salute. You got a, a lot of ducks, dips, dodges, dives and ducks, right? Hit with a handful. <laughs> it was a handful. This is like, remember when Wes Welker did the whole, press conference they were playing the jets and the rex ryan foot fetish thing had come out oh yeah i mean the guy is uh he is who he is and uh he does a great job of making sure everybody's on the same page and and uh everybody's putting their best foot forward you can't just stick your toe in the water especially you know you got your foot up in the air when to go out there and just put your best foot forward he's got great feet you know he has good feet he's another guy who has great feet you want to make sure that uh you know you're putting your best foot forward out there so let's go out there and, and being good little foot soldiers you definitely have to be on your toes and and make sure that you're ready to go. That's great. That was a master class. So how does that connect to Rodney Magruder? Is he going to duck under the apron? Well, Chris Paul doesn't have to duck because he just walks right under it. Oh, man, don't do that. This little guy. Are they going to hope that everybody fights and the team remodels itself? I think Slater's trying to tell us something, that maybe there's a foreshadowing here. Hey, don't forget about the punch. This might happen again. And mm. sure enough, they bring in Rodney Magruder, He's trying to tell us, watch out. Someone's going to have to duck or else they're going to be hit with a handful. I've got a question. So Slater and Sam Amick sat down with Mike Dunleavy Jr., the new general manager of the Golden State Warriors. Mm -hmm. They asked him about that big man workout. And he said, we feel like we've got five guys on our roster right now who can give us minutes at the five position. Oh, Obviously, Kevon Looney, who starts at the five, that's one. Draymond Green, that's another. Kaminga, I'm guessing, is a third. He's a Steve Kerr five, yeah. Gary Payton, the second. Mm -hmm. And Usman Garuba. Isn't Saric on the team? And Saric. Okay, so then it's not Payton. It's Garuba, it's Saric, it's Kaminga, it's Looney, it's Green. I'm guessing that Trace Jackson Davis will see minutes at the five before Usman Garuba. Forgive me for perhaps stating the all too obvious, but I feel like outside of Green and Looney, 
all those guys don't have the, how shall I say this, the girth mm. to deal with actual centers. By the way, I'm not talking about Jokic. Everyone loves to run to Jokic. Look, no one could guard Jokic. He's the best player in the league. I'm talking about, you guys have enough size for like Rudy Gobert or Carl Anthony Downs or DeAndre Ayton or Yusuf Nurkic or Sabonis? Right, like you need innings eaters. Yeah, man. You know, in the NBA, you need guys who can bang and make sure, oh yeah, this is the Bang Bros team. Yeah. So you got to make sure you can bang down low Mm -hmm. and figure out a way to play the whole season without running Draymond Green and Kevon Looney into the ground. Right. Not to mention that their two best lineups last year with a net rating of plus 20.1 and plus 21.9 featured both Looney and Draymond together. This goes back to the very beginning when everyone asked Steve Kerr, hey, this lineup, Steph Clay, Andre Iguodala, Harrison Barnes, and Draymond Green destroys everybody on plus minus every time they play. And it's instant. It's one of those things where it's not a statistical anomaly. You can see it when they get in a game, those lineups dominate. Why don't you just start those guys all the time? Why isn't that your starting lineup? Steve Kerr said, look, man, if I do that, I'll run these guys racket. The beauty of that lineup is that I only turn to it in certain moments. And in those moments, they get to be their most pure, most concentrated amount. You begin to dilute it if you go to it too much, right? Mm. And as a result, they played lineups that perhaps weren't as good. But like you called them, Tom, they're innings eaters. You need Festus Azili out there to eat up time. You need Bogut. And then later on, David West and guys like that. And that's not a knock on those guys. They were effective as well. JaVale McGee, right. They just weren't as effective as that death lineup was. Right. But the reality is, whenever you ask someone smaller to guard someone bigger, in short windows, cool. I think we can get an advantage. But the longer that sample size is, the more wear and tear you're putting on them. So this idea that like, yo, we're fine. I don't know, man. This, to me feels short-sighted or maybe they've got another reason and he's just not telling us. Well, I think Mike Dunleavy Jr. has consulted with Kaminga and Gary Payton and Saric about whether they feel comfortable with playing the five because he's done that with CP and Draymond. When he got CP and made that trade, he actually consulted with Chris Paul and Draymond being like, hey, you guys good? According to our guy, Om Young Masuk at ESPN.com, he did a a sit-down with Draymond And in that sit down, Mike Dunleavy told Ohm, I wanted to hear from both of them. Really, anytime we make a move, whether it's going to be Steph, Clay, Draymond, you want to kind of feel it out and see what they think. All of them initially, including Chris, sort of had some pause, (laughs) but then they thought about it and real quick became like, let's do this. This is going to be great. This is the most open book team in the NBA, by the way. Here is the GM of the team admitting on the record that when I went to Chris Paul and Draymond about linking up together, they both were like, "Ah, I don't know about that. They both had some pause about it. Bob Myers did actually take a media career. Mike Dunleavy Jr. also talking publicly. What I want to know is, do you guys think that this quote in that same story from Draymond is a backhanded compliment? It's not to redeem anything about Draymond, Draymond says. My goal is that we can help Chris Paul get his first championship. Oh, that's 100%. 1,000. Oh, my God. He tried a little bro Chris Paul right there. (laughs) You know what it almost feels like? It feels like that's how they convinced Draymond to go along with the deal. Like, Dre, hey, we're thinking about getting Chris Paul. Hell no, nah, man. I don't want no Chris Paul. That guy's a da-da-da-da-da. Come on, Draymond. I think you really helped. No, nah, man. I don't want to play with him. Like, think about it. When y'all win, you will have given him 
his first ring. That's right. And Draymond said, huh, I get to own him in, in a kind of weird way there. Like, you, you owe me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. Okay. All right. I want it. And then turns around. Hey, by the way, Om Young wants to talk to you. Cool. So, Draymond, what do you think about the deal? It's like, I'm excited, ecstatic. Yeah. <laughs> to make Chris Paul my bitch for the rest of all time. After what happened with Jordan Poole, you're going to try to redeem yourself after what happened last year? No. No. Double down. I can already hear the podcast appearances next summer. And that's when I knew I had to call Chris Paul, get him in here, help him get that first title. It will be Draymond's idea by the time this is all said and done. But what's interesting about this team, I just clicked over to the ESPN survey on ESPN.com uh-huh. where they interviewed GMs and scouts and coaches. Mm-hmm. Timmy Bontemps put this together and not a single GM, coach, executive picked the Golden State Warriors to win the championship. So I kind of feel like they don't believe that this is going to work out either. The league doesn't think that this Chris Paul Rodney Magruder, Draymond Green, that this whole thing is ever going to work out. The league never believes anything because they don't care. When are people going to understand? This one, the NBA.com GM survey. Look, let me explain something to you people. It takes time to connect the dots. I know that. But also, I know that there could be a day of reckoning when you wish you connected the dots. More quick. More quick. What were we thinking? Why did we wake up when we had a chance? Move it! Demolish it! Blow it up! What gets us into trouble is not what we don't know. It's what we know for sure. That just ain't so. so. A man's a divinity truth. Communicate this real clearly. The only way I do is... City by city, person by person, family by family. There are a lot of people go straight from denial to despair. Without pausing on the intermediate step of actually doing something about the problem. Problem. A man's a divinity truth. You're listening to this podcast. Presumably you're someone, maybe you've got a job. Maybe you go to school. Let's take go to school as an example. You've got midterms. You've got a paper due. Maybe you're dating someone and this person is like, hey, we haven't seen each other since, you know, Friday. So like, okay, let's, let's get together. Let's do some stuff, whatever. Maybe you got a pet. You got a dog. You got to feed the dog. Oh my God. Dog got to walk the dog. Papers, midterms, date this Thursday. Where do we go to eat? What can I afford? All these things. Yeah. And then you're walking out of like Target and there's someone there with a clipboard asking you to sign this petition. How much do you care? How much do you care? Maybe, maybe you're planning a trip. Maybe you're a businessman, right? Or a businesswoman. And you've got all sorts of things. You got accounts receivable and you've got a big meeting and a presentation in front of the bosses and all that stuff. And you got to fly to HQ in Toledo and you're booking your flight and you do the thing. And at the end of the call, they say, would you like to stay on for a quick three question survey? How much do you care about those answers? You don't, you don't care about those answers. You know why? Because you don't care about the survey. You know why? Because you have a million more pressing shit to do in your life than answer a survey. So wait, I mean, are you saying that Target is the NBA offseason, the dog you have to walk is training camp, and the person with the clipboard is Tim Bontemps? I'm saying to you, Maze, that people with a lot of shit on their table do not receive surveys that have no impact, material impact, on their jobs or lives and go, oh, no, let me 
that's the, that is a good question. Let me, okay, let me write down all the names of all the people I think are going to do this. Ooh, no, them. No, 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 no. Hold on. I'm going to cross that one out and put these one over. Like, wait, hey, wait. Hey, Bob. Bob, who do you think? Who do you think between them and them? What? Really? Well, I had them over. Oh, well, that's a good point. Hold on. Let me, re, let me rearrange it. Oh, 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 no one's doing that. They're going over the seat of their pants. They're like, oh, I got to fill out the survey. Sure. Celtics, why not? Who won the conference last year? Yeah, them. Sure. Who won this award last year? Mm-hmm. They'll do it again, right? Yeah. It turns out that Tim Bontemps did his own research, and he writes in this section. Wait, hold on, Tom, 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 please. Can we get a limited fake Tim Bontemps for the people? Uh, so I did some research here, and, uh, you know, I actually called some GMs and some uh, coaches and I called uh, executives and this is what they told me. Okay. This category has had a checkered track record of success to put it mildly over the past few years ahead of the 2019, 2020 season, neither the heat nor the Lakers received a vote to win their conference, let alone the title. The Clippers and the bucks were runaway choices, both lost in the second round. Okay, the Suns didn't get a vote to win the West entering the 2020-21 season. The Celtics didn't get a vote to win the East and the Warriors didn't get any to win the title going into 2021-22. Okay, entering last season, the Heat and the Nuggets both got a lone vote to win their conference and neither was picked to win the title. Okay, so that's the last three years (laughs) they've gotten it. Dead wrong. That's right. Not just dead wrong, like unanimously every single part. It's the (laughs) Luke Skywalker quote. Amazing. Every word you just said was wrong. That's where they are. This is the survey that people hold up before a season. Like the idea is like these people are supposed to be prescient. My question to you, Amin, is if you're filling this out, is it more likely you lie like you're D Wade and put in a vote just so that the expectations are that much higher on that team, almost like they're buckling under pressure? Kind of like a little, I'm not going to actually try to predict this, but I want to do is make it seem like the Celtics should feel the pressure of winning a title. I'm going to put the Celtics here. Yeah, this is the Jeff Van Gundy school of when the big three got together, he said they should win 77 games. Yeah. Rather than kill them with like, oh, this is awful or, oh, this isn't going to work. This is whack. You do the opposite. You place undue expectations on them and then watch everyone be like, oh, my God, like watch them crumble and stuff. It's ridiculous. Mm. But it is the only option in answering that survey that actually serves the survey filler outer, right? Like the survey respondent. Otherwise, why do I fill out the survey? Why why do I care? Surveyee? Server? The surveyed. Mm. You're the one who's being surveyed, right? Surveillant? No, that's, that's a different thing. So the idea here is what is the benefit for the surveyed? A better relationship, I guess, with Tim Bontemps and ESPN because you engage with them on this thing. But if that's the benefit, then... There is no downside for me giving the minimal amount of energy to it, meaning just filling it out. I do like the idea of, for this survey, who's the best rookie not named Wembenyama in five years? Scoot, number one with 11. And then they just said, give me a Thompson. Yeah. One of these Thompsons. Yeah, poor Brandon Miller just sitting there being like, oh, man. Poor Brandon Miller, poor Thompson twins. 
They don't even tell them apart. They just say A Thompson. No. A dot Thompson, literally. <laughs> Which one is that one? Um, I don't know. Just pick one. Okay, cool. The one from overtime. Oh. Check okay. the Thompson box. The A Thompson box. Clay Thompson? Hey Thompson. Okay, so I just want to know for the record, Boston Celtics six. Okay. Denver Nuggets five. Milwaukee Bucks two. Phoenix Suns two. Okay. So under your idea that we don't know what we're talking about here. Who do you think will win the championship? Because it's not going to be the Celtics, not going to be the Nuggets, not Bucks, not Suns. With no votes to win the Eastern Conference and with a trade looming in the stratosphere, it's a little team called the Miami Heat. Oh, culture. Come on down to 601 Biscayne, baby. <laughs> Come on down to the Elser Hotel. We've got Giannis dropping cryptic quotes about trying to get out of town and the bucks are getting votes. Mm. Meanwhile, we've got six GMs in the survey saying that Damian Lillard will be a heat by the beginning of the season. Something's not adding up. We should do a segment on that. It's called something doesn't add up. This is the same thing that happens with the all-star voting players, media fans. We vote for the starters and the coaches pick the reserves. And everyone's like, yes, because the coaches know. are going to be there with their pens. Mm, well, he's really played well. They're going to grind that tape to figure out who's the all-star because they don't have anything else going on. No, damn it. No. How dare you put him over him? They don't care. They don't care. Who should determine the reserves? I mean, should it be the video coordinator? Should it be the advanced scout? I think it should be us, this show. I think it should be <laughs> Basketball Illuminati. It just can't be anybody who's got real life concerns going on. Hmm. Nobody who works for a team has the time to accurately do this. They just don't. Their lives are very busy. So either it's the league or it's us, the media, but not them. This is so sad, man. So wait, I mean, are you saying that when someone gives you a survey or ask you to vote for the all-star reserves and you've got a lot going on, what would you say that is to your schedule, to your time? It's an inconvenient hassle, making it an inconvenient truth. What is the NBA story that we can come up with with Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? Is there any connection we can make? Little football Illuminati? There's no connection. Okay. We're just doing it for the clicks, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Did you just take <laughs> the second biggest story in the world right now, sports story, and try to weave that in? That's amazing. Nice work. I saw this tweet from somebody who was like, wait, these dudes are dating? And it was a picture of Jason Kelsey's jersey and then DeAndre Swift. Mm. Eagles, locker room drama. Someone said, oh, who's Taylor Kelsey dating? He's dating Taylor Swift. And I'm like, it's Travis Kelsey. And then I said, you know what? No, <laughs> guess what? He gets to change his name now. He's now Taylor Kelsey. The other funny thing is they had a picture of 
Jerry Jones and Chris Christie. Oh, that was the best. <laughs> Who's Chris Christie dating? <laughs> no. Which cowboy is Chris Christie dating? That's such a perfect tweet, man. I was laughing my ass off at that. But yeah, Swift and Kelsey, man. Swift and Taylor. No, Travis, Kelsey, Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer. Is there a Kelsey in the NBA? There's a Kelsey Wright Johnson who works for the Memphis Grizzlies. Digital content for them for Grindhouse Media. Mm. Does she count? Oh, I know what we can do. I mean, this is right up your alley. A hoop grids with Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. Can you put any players in NBA history with the last name Taylor and Swift on the same team? Let's see. I want to say... There's a Stromal Swift. You know George Sedano used to call me Stromal Swift? Why? Stro. Oh, oh. Haberstromile. Wow. If you go to Basketball Reference right now, the pronunciation guide says in capital letters, S-T-R-O-H. Yeah. So Stromal Swift, did he ever play with a tailor? I mean, you're on the clock. I'm going to say no. Oh, I don't know. The only Taylor I'm thinking about is Taylor Griffin right now. Oh, no, he did. Oh, my God, I did it. You did it? Taylor Griffin and Strowell Swift played together in Phoenix in 2009. No, no, no. I take it back. I don't think they crossed paths. I don't think they crossed paths. Damn. Oh, man. Yeah, Swift was 0809. Closest I can get is Tay. He played with Don Tay. Jones. Oh, from Duke? In Memphis. 116 games together. So Tay Swift, close, but no cigar. Wait a minute. What? What if it's not Stromile? What if it's the kid from Bakersfield, California? Robert Swift? Robert Swift. There's also a Skeeter, a Skeeter Swift who played in the 70s. Skeeter Swift? That's not a real person. That's a real person. Played in the ABA. <sighs> Robert Swift played with Jeremy Tyler oh. on the Tokyo Apache. Not even in America. Oh, got it. Skeeter Swift. Okay. <laughs> 1971-72 Pittsburgh Condors. Yes, everybody remembers it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Who could forget the Pittsburgh Condors? Skeeter Swift, shooting guard out of East Tennessee State University, played with Ron Taylor, center out of USC. We did it. Wow. Another basketball Illuminati problem solved. We did it. Oh, my God. Skeeter Swift jerseys are about to go through the roof. 400% spike. Or Ron Taylor jerseys, because there's that one, too. Maybe that's a couple. If you get a Ron Taylor jersey and a Skeeter Swift jersey, then you guys can go through the game together. But here's a fun fact, guys. Rookie on that team out of George Washington University, Walter Zerbiak. Oh. You may remember him from siring one Wally Zerbiak would then go on to say that Tyrese Halliburton apparently isn't that good. Why did he say that? I still don't understand. Oh, how about this? On that same team, there was an Arvesta Kelly, which means... R. Kelly. We've got a Kel. 